This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. That's Tom Schreier, as always. Here we are Wednesday. Um, I'm actually getting back from Hawaii. I got it back yesterday. And as Tom was saying, I timed my departure Mm -hmm. perfectly. Um, I think I missed all the sub-zero temperatures, and it was like a balmy 30 degrees when when I got there. Um, at the airport just, just to disappoint all of us what is the uh what was the average temperature in hawaii when you were there uh, it was 78 and sunny um, yeah, i actually had yeah. a couple days where it was a little cloudy so it was really tough Oof. out there oh man yeah that is rough i'm glad you missed it it was not uh it was not the finest minnesota weather although weirdly like if you, any game you kind of want crazy conditions it'd be in lambo i mean i suppose the the vikings don't want that but like for the mm-hmm. mystique of it right going in lambo field and seeing the breath of it. This is going to be, and I can get into this more, but it's going to feel like the Buffalo game, at least in the sense you're in an old historic stadium, the wintry mix, the famous mm-hmm. wintry mix. Um, yep. And uh, and to be honest with you, I was looking at this. So the, you know, the Packers are favored by four, right? So like Vegas expects right. them to win. The Vikings have been favored in every game, except for Philadelphia, Dallas, uh, Detroit in Detroit. Um, and the Buffalo game. So if we want to look at this super reasonably, we're talking two blowouts. Depends on what you think of the Detroit game, but like a tough loss in front of a mm-hmm. you know sold out crowd or whatever, and a miracle. So I do think people need to like. I know like a month ago, my thought going into this game was this is maybe a full circle moment. We've talked about it endlessly on the podcast where the the Packers kind of put the Vikings out of their misery last year and the Vikings could return the favor this year. Now I think we have to go in the expectations that they have to like steal a game. I think the Packers are, are legit. And, and it's, it would be very, very funny if in a year where history shouldn't repeat itself and has for the Vikings, they literally just play the Buffalo game again. (laughs) But I just think those are the expectations you have to go in. Vegas is often right. So um, those are kind of the expectations you have to go in with. For sure. Just for people wondering, 36 is the high, 29 Mm -hmm. is the low in Green Bay. So it's going to be the conditions. Um, You can never put some wintry mix arriving over the weekend out out of the realm of possibility in Green Bay. So it's going to be cold. It's not going to be the comfort of a a dome or an enclosed stadium that the Vikings are used to playing in and, and, and winning in. But to Tom's point, the Vikings did go to Buffalo earlier this year that the weather wasn't quite quite a, a huge Buffalo, I was going to say, I was gonna, people, in, if anyone, no one is from Buffalo is listening to this podcast, but if they were, they'd be like, this dude was in Hawaii. <laughs> you know, <what laughs> I mean? They've actually got it worse. So yeah, it was like, I get, because the Vikings, or the Bills played a game at Detroit, obviously earlier this year, but yeah, the Vikings in some ways got fortunate, did not feel like it in the moment, you know, it was a little bit colder there than it was here. And I, it's still impressive that the Vikings put up what thirty three points in uh, right. in a game under those conditions. So I guess I guess the you know the way I'm thinking about it is, initially I thought this would be a lower scoring game given it's outdoors and that weather. I think you can expect like there's still this possibility. It seems super unlikely that the Vikings go stomp someone. Like mm-hmm. the weather won't prevent you from doing that. It might be Jair Alexander, whatever you know what I mean. It might be one of the, right. the Packers put Kenny Clark or something, but. Um, but I think the you know the Vikings need to go in, especially with how the defense has been playing, and expected a little bit of a shootout here, right? Enable Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson maybe push for that record, and and you know, um, Hawkinson's going to have to do something, Cook's going to have to do something. You know, it's like 
this this would be more normal than most games this late in the year in, in Green Bay. For sure. And let's just rewind a little bit because as Tom was saying, like this is not a meaningless game for the Packers. Quite the opposite, actually. Um, the Packers last week needed, even like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the Packers needed what some would consider like a miracle, everything happening in their favor for them to even have a hope and a prayer at the playoffs. Yet here they are now. They've won two in a row. Three? Two? I think two in a row. Three, three in a row. I have it up. Yep. Three, in, three in a row. And last week, the Giants, courtesy of the Vikings, the Seahawks, and the Commanders all lost. The Packers won. They made up a game on everyone in the wild card race. And now here the Packers are. If they win out, so if they beat the Vikings this weekend and the Lions in the final week of the regular season, and the Commanders at any point suffer a loss, the Packers will make the playoffs. So that brings this game kind of into, into focus. The Vikings should look at this game, and, and Tom, you're right, they're underdogs. Uh, when they have been underdogs this year, they've either lost or won in a game that they probably shouldn't have. But the Vikings should look at this game as a chance to not only end the Packers season, but assure that you don't have to play them in the first round of the playoffs. Because mm -hmm. regardless of how broken and battered and beaten up the Packers look, this season, no matter how dysfunctional that franchise has appeared at times this season, no matter how disinterested Aaron Rodgers has looked at times this season, mm -hmm. I want no part of that team coming to Minnesota on wildcard weekend in a two, seven matchup. I think it's worth noting here. So the Packers really fell apart. It was a five game losing streak in this from October 9th to mm -hmm. November 6th. And, it, you know, again, I know some of this stuff because at zone coverage, we cover both the Vikings Correct. and the Packers. Um, that was like supposed to be the soft spot of their schedule. I'm going to go through the games. I know no one likes this, but this will show kind of where the tiebreakers fall. So lost mm -hmm. against the Giants at the time, you're like, that's devastating. That was in London, I think, for them a week after the Vikings were there. Uh, Giants turned out to be a really well-coached team that overachieved at that point in the season. Lost to the Jets at home. Again, seems like a bummer. If you, if Vikings fans may remember this, I think it was Sauce Gardner took one of the cheese heads and was like running mm -hmm. around with it. Dude, the funniest thing ever. And then I think someone, I'm trying to remember who it was, like Watson or one of the receivers like knocked it off his head. But so that's a win in Lambo. But again, like the Jets we've learned, pretty well coached, really great draft, great defense, quarterback away from kind of making something happen. First Lost time. at Washington. Again, I think anyone who watched the Vikings game there was like, Washington steal one. I know it's Heineke or whatever, but good defense. Lost at Buffalo. Obviously, we talked about that game for the Vikings. Lost at Detroit. And then the first win was an overtime win um, against Dallas, and they'd lose the next two games against Tennessee and Philadelphia. So really that weird Dallas game with McCarthy's homecoming, I think Dallas coming off the Vikings win, I think. Um in some ways was kind of a saving grace, but obviously the, the Packers were at a pretty low there. And the, aside from obviously how it affected their record, it just screwed up all their tiebreakers. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. there's the Washington there, there's the giants in there. I think the Detroit thing matters. I guess, I guess it matters. Depends on if Detroit wins Lambeau in the final week. Um, so I was looking, I think ESPN had them at like a 37% chance to make the playoffs. Um, that is a notable increase from like, I think they had like a 3% chance or something like mm -hmm. that when they were in that downfall. So it's been a disappointing season for the Packers, but it does seem like because Rogers has this connection with Dobbs and um, 
Watson, and he's not like forcing the ball to like Sammy Watkins, right? That veteran they had was kind of washed. You know, he has this connection with these two dynamic receivers. Um, the I'm pretty convinced the defense is a coordinator away from being okay. Like you look at Jair Alexander and so Kenny Clark and some of these guys, Jaron Reed has been pretty good for them. So like they have like a handful of guys that you can kind of build around. And weirdly, like the Vikings were the first team that exposed their defense, right? They went in the season thinking mm-hmm. defense and running the ball. And the problem is the defense got all screwed up right away. And Aaron Rodgers didn't want to run the ball. <laughs> and so, you know, you have you have Dylan, you have Jones, you have good players there. And I just think the Vikings need it. You almost need to think about the Packers like the team you thought they were going into the 325 in week one. You shouldn't be thinking about them in terms of their record because – that's why Vegas has them favored. It's it's not just it is obviously the Vikings with a five you know plus five point differential and a bottom half DVOA, but like it's it's also like I think Vegas thinks the Packers are good, and I don't think they're wrong. And I think it's forever and avoid a letdown or whatever. Like you have to go into this. So if the Vikings sneak one out there, that's an accomplishment. I know I said this earlier, but if the Packers win, it shouldn't be devastating for the season. Like. I remember we thought 13 wins was ridiculous, assuming that the Vikings can beat the Bears in the final week. You end up at 13 wins, even if you mm-hmm. lose this one, even with the threat that you potentially play Green Bay in the first round. Yeah, so it's going to be a close game. It's going to have a playoff feel because mm-hmm. it is essentially a playoff game for the Packers. Like mm-hmm. from here on out, the Packers are in the playoffs. Like anytime they lose, it will probably end their season. If they lose to the Vikings, I think I don't even know mathematically if they can make it, even if they beat the Lions. And I, I don't think yeah. they can because I think they need to make up a game and a half on Washington because of that tie. <laughs> so the Packers need to win out, and 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 if they do, uh, then they have a chance. Which goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like if you're the Vikings, like yeah, it's going to be a close game. Yeah, the Packers are much better than they were during that that midseason lull. But you should look at this game as a chance to eliminate your rivals from from playoff contention. Yeah. And if if you don't, you're right, Tom. Like it's not a season defining loss by no means, is it? Because mm-hmm. you're still going to make the playoffs. You still won the North, like you said, beat Chicago in the finale in a game they pr- might be actively trying to lose, and you still win mm-hmm. 13 games. So it's not yeah. a failure. From a season perspective, if you lose to the Packers and you split with them, um, I think even at the beginning of the season, we would have said Vikings win at home, Packers win at home. So like, if you lose this game, I don't think it's as big of a letdown as it's going to be made out to be because, like you said, I think Vegas thinks the Packers are a good team. You think the Packers are a good team. I think they're a pretty good team. But it's a letdown in the sense you can end them this weekend. You can yeah, basically yeah. make them go away and not put into any sort of universe, you know, in the realm of possibility that they can come into, you know, U.S. Bank Stadium three weeks from now. And I think that, that should be your motivation because they they would be the scariest seven seed out of any of the teams, I think, right there. Yeah, because I was saying, like, the only other team I'd worry about a little bit is Washington, given how close Washington, Washington played. Although the weird thing is I and think the, they got the worse. the front seven, right? The, yeah. the front seven. I was going to say they might have gotten worse by putting Wentz back in, but who knows? I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of joking, but I'm actually not. Like, because Heineke, the thing is, if you're a bad team, you want to create high variance, meaning you just want, you almost want to go for broke, right? And it's like, right. Wentz is supposed to be, I know he's not, but he's supposed to be the steady hand, right? That's kind of what Philadelphia thought they were getting when they drafted him. Um, and and uh, 
obviously a really skilled player and, and something's happened since then. But like Heineke just like, I mean, he plays YOLO football. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's you like, can't game for him. You can't game plan for him. And, and I, you know, again, like people will remember the triple coverage he threw into throwing to Curtis Samuel where Bynum hit a ref. You know what I mean? That ref was clearly not in the right place, um, which it's been a very funny ref season for the Vikings, but that might be the worst. Um, yeah. uh, although Shannon Sullivan maybe has something to say about that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, but I think the Packers are like the most skilled team. You have the Hall of Fame quarterback, even if he's a little bit on a descent. You know, I think people will think of the drop and, you know, uh, whatnot. They have two really good young receivers. And so, yeah, I, I just – you kind of want the two-for-one because as much as we're saying the regular season loss shouldn't be that much of a letdown, it's a colossal letdown if they come into U.S. Bank Stadium and beat you, even in 100%. the form they're in. Because you go back to the fraud narrative or kind of like people waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Like the other shoe drops when – the rival team comes in and beats you in the first round. I think any first round loss, to be honest with you, is probably disappointing because it may be a close game that they lose, right? And it's an inferior team. After that, you're playing with house money a little bit. I don't think the Vikings are as good as the three best teams in the NFC. And so then you're playing spoiler. You're kind of you're playing Heineke ball. You're low, YOLO every game. But they should win the first round matchup if this is we're talking a 13, potentially 14 win team right now. For sure. I want to cut there. And then when we come out of this break, I want to kind of dive into deeper, you know, the wild card potential matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Vikings have a hold on the two seed right now. There is a world in which they would be the three seed. Mm-hmm. If they're the three seed, they might avoid the number seven. They would obviously avoid the number seven seed altogether. Um, but more on the, more on the wild card weekend preview uh, when we come back.